Jordan is on best. Harper's on Miller. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. I am your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started, if you've not already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out. Of course, read us over on Indie Cornrows. Uh, we have a lot of great stuff coming up because the NBA season has started. Pacers just won their first game against the New York Knicks, 121-107. to 107. Joined by my colleague, Tom Lewis. It's 9.58 postgame. Uh, Tom, how are you feeling after a the fact that NBA basketball is back in full swing, um, and Pacers win to start off? Hey, can't start any better than that. One zero. It wasn't real pretty at, at the uh, in the first half. I gotta admit, a little nervous, but uh, boy, they uh, Victor turned it on and everybody followed, and and it was just nice to see him, you know, finally slow down the mix a little bit, and uh, and you know just execute and pull away and get get the dub as they should against the Knicks on on opening night yeah no I agree I mean I think um my first thing that I would take away too the Knicks look like a competent basketball team now um they're like they're they're not going to be the the previous iteration of the Knicks they're not going to be a playoff team right away but um I think they actually have something going there uh so it was a real competition um and I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. It was cool seeing, though, in the fourth quarter, they just totally ran away with the game. Um, they were up like 16 or 17 at one point. Uh, one of the things that stands out to me, obviously we have to mention Domas, uh, I believe finished with his career high in points, finishing with 32 points. Um, unless, was that tying his career high? I can't remember. Uh, I thought they said it was 30 was his career high. So. Yeah, so I believe, yeah, passed his career high. He had, it. Uh, I, I put it like this on my timeline, Um he basically gave the Andre Drummond game to Mitchell Robinson and uh, Mitchell Robinson was Miles <laughs> Turner. So it was uh, that kind of game today for Mitchell he Robinson. Well. Oh my God. He <laughs> almost, he had Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randall halfway to fouling out by the end of the first quarter. It was uh it was a sight to behold. It was, it was awesome. That was uh, one of the biggest things that stood out to me, just his, him getting to the line consistently. Um, I mean that for the team, uh, I, I put this out too. the Pacers finishing, uh, ahead in both the three-point attempt battle and the free throw battle was that we're not used to seeing that are we no i mean you know i couldn't tell i i mean i, I don't mind all the frees obviously they were not shooting well um which is good if you can um especially your guys off the bench who are usually you know yeah justin and doug combined for one of 11 um, today so yeah i mean if you, you can get away with a game like that you know outstanding but I definitely there was a point where I'm like, oh, this is fantastic, all these free throws and, and the fact that, you know, Domas is getting in there and and the you know, the action they were doing to get him inside and get him um, you know, his signature pump fake, draw a foul, make it most of the time, you know. Um he you know, he, he just was a, a beast. And I just feel like the way that they spread things out, um giving him a little more room to to operate and go downhill when he can, as long as he doesn't, you know, pick up a bunch of charges and, and all that, you know, and it seems like he, he stays in control. I mean, he he's just 
going to be a, a load for any any team to to uh, to deal with. So, um, all things considered, you know, when when you're thinking about them not having their best shooting game, but but again, finding ways to uh, gain some traction and at least get some stops in the second half. Uh, real pleased with the way things ro- rolled out and and the different combinations. I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah. Uh, but re- real quick, back to your point on the Knicks. I was thinking, this is like the third year where I'm like, you know, the Knicks don't have that bad of a roster, you know, <laughs> and and you're watching them play and guys are making plays and it's just like they don't, maybe they just don't all fit well, but you're right. I mean, they even looked a little better, I, I felt tonight. I mean, they had some, some of these young guys are coming on and Barrett looked great at times. Oh yeah. RJ Barrett so, was fantastic driving and, to the rim. And you know, Rand- Randall, I always feel is underrated just because he's, his game is kind of, uh, limited without being that stretch for like if he could shoot the three he'd be a real weapon but he he can make plays out there I mean guy had nine yeah he, yeah finished with nine assists that was yeah. the biggest part I mean he wasn't even scoring that well um, but he was the best playmaker by far for the Knicks um, getting inside and and causing a lot of issues so um, yeah I agree that totally stood out to me um, sorry I didn't mean to cut you off were you no no but that I mean I've just um, I. You know, started with the requisite joke about the Knicks, but um, you know, I felt like the Pacers had to play well to beat them tonight, and and they eventually did, and they got it done. But um, uh, you know, there's gonna be nights when the Knicks are gonna beat teams that you don't think they are. Of course, um, you know, with Thibodeau, they'll they'll be a tough-minded team. You would think um, as they continue to grow here, every everybody's like you know the Pacers, these teams with new coaches. Obviously, we saw the Bulls have some major issues. Um, you know, this short preseason it didn't help developing, you know, putting in a new system. And so um, it'll be interesting to see how some of these teams develop and how long it takes them to, to get going. But um, for the Pacers, at least they got out, out of the gate and uh, running here 1-0. Yeah, definitely. And I think, okay, so one of the questions I want to ask you, you mentioned lineups. Um, a couple things off that. Number one, um, what were your thoughts on the fact that they only ended up playing nine guys? I uh, it was a little bit surprising to me. I, I when I in thinking it through, it wasn't extremely surprising, but I, I want to get your thoughts on that first. Yeah, and this is where it's going to be interesting going forward, seeing how things play out. But um, the, the the real funny part was how Bjork in the last couple of days I talked about. You know, I don't have a set, really have a set starting lineup. It, mm-hmm. it, it could change. Got to be flexible. All everything, and then in the end, it was you know the exact if you were same nine. Pick out the nine guys year, yeah. that that you thought were going to play. Those are the nine guys, and in about the order you thought they would play, considering Jeremy Lamb's not available. Um, so I, I did feel like they, you know, he went pretty heavy with the starters, um, at least with Brogdon, Sabonis, and and um, uh, and even Oladipo there. They they definitely you know, played heavy minutes and, you know, this is a game where obviously it was all the chips in the middle of the table. Game one, everybody's fully rested, go for the win. Now we'll see how, as the season goes on here, if, um, and, and if we have different matchups, if um, I would assume that that will be a little different, you know, in, in the next game, or maybe, you know, we got a couple of games over the weekend, <coughs> excuse me. So, you know, it, you would assume those get some of those guys, um, you know, Ed Sumner, uh, 
Jakar or you know even Keelan Martin gotta be gotta be ready to to get your number called here coming up. Um, but you know right now these are these are his guys you would assume for um, you know if you're giving your best for one game this is this is a rotation you're gonna see right now. Yeah, no, definitely, I agree. Um, I, I think that that leads me into my next question because you know in looking at the lineups. Um, part of why I think we didn't end up seeing guys like, you know, Keelan Martin or Cassius Stanley get out there to end the game. Um, the lineup that they ran for almost, I think it was probably eight minutes in the fourth quarter. Um, they, we have, I don't think we've, I have to go back through. I'm looking, I'm thinking about writing an article about it or just a quick blurb. Um, but I love this lineup, Tom. It's TJ McConnell with both Vic and Malcolm, uh, Doug McDermott, and then Demonis Sabonis. Um, they were the ones who kind of really put a stake in everything, ended the game. Um, as we mentioned, I mean, they closed out. Uh, only 41 second half points were allowed, which obviously that's not all on them. But I love this lineup because if you think about it, um, I mean, Doug's not a great playmaker or anything, but obviously probably the best spacer on the floor. Uh, this is the best, you know, in terms of pure playmaking. Uh, you have the best playmakers on the team all in one lineup um, with fantastic spacing out there as well. Um I really like what they do offensively. They ran a set that had like four guys involved in one action, ended up in a basket. Um, they just all were I, – I, I mean, we were seeing more passes happen uh, in a single <laughs> possession than we're used to all of last year. So what were your takeaways kind of from that lineup? Um, I'm interested to see – like I, I, it's a tough one to play um, in a lot of different scenarios just because they're a little bit smaller. Yeah. Like if you go up against like, say the Celtics this weekend, um, they have a lot of sizable wings who could punish some of those mismatches, but um, I don't know. I was intrigued by that lineup a lot. And it was, I think Nate Bjorken ran with it because he liked what he saw and he wanted them to get some more run together. Yeah. It kept working. I mean, it was the, it's a Pacers death lineup with uh, I guess TJ McConnell playing the role of Andre Iguodala. Uh, <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> That's the podcast. We're we'll stop there. <laughs> there it is. That's that. Uh, you asked me what I thought. That's what I was thinking. I <laughs> uh, can't help it. But uh, no, it, it's funny because it, I also thought um, just because he struggled in the preseason games and looked out of place, I going into this game, I was wondering how and when or if. Uh, Bjorkman is going to be used, McConnell. And then, like you say, he trots him out in this lineup and it's so effective. It's like, oh, okay. He did have a plan for him. And <laughs> and this is it. So, uh, um, but yeah, and, that, and that's the other thing, just going back to talking about the nine guys we expected um, to be playing in this game. If you picked the pick nine, um, that would be it. But but the way they were played and, and the different, you know, rotations, even with, Miles playing a lot of second unit and, you know, him being able to get Domas and Miles in with the second unit, um, just shifting things around. Um, that was impressive. But yeah, that, that small lineup um, with those guys around Domas, you're right. They had some great, great action. That one time it was just almost like watching the, um, you know, the water circle in the drainer eventually got to Domas at the hoop. Yeah. And uh, get, get you know, one of those buckets that's just a, a killer on a defense that's playing, you know, long into the possession and and the Pacers are trying to burn clock, but they're extending the lead. So that was, uh, yeah, that was fun to watch. 
Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and it's just cool too. Like I think this this game was a really good capsulation of showing um, that it's not all about just like taking a ton of threes. It's more about having the principle right. of there are guys who can take them, so you have to guard them. Um, just seeing like on that possession that you're mentioning, um, you know, they're able to force all of these guys shifting pieces in on the defense because they have the space to do it instead of having, you know, three guys clogged around the basket. Um, you know, that's huge. So I think that's been awesome. Obviously Domas uh, hits two of his four, three pointers, took all of them in <laughs> rhythm without hesitating, uh, which was awesome. Malcolm took, uh, I believe almost all of his shots uh, from three were off the dribble, his off the dribble shot from three, at least from pre preseason through to now looks uh, way cleaner than it did last year. Um, and it's falling well. Yeah. Uh, Victor obviously was good. Yeah, I think the one one of the shots he had was catch and shoot. The other, uh, yeah, the one was a catch and shoot off of that uh, swing pass from Malcolm. Other uh, was off the dribble from a Domas screen. Um, I mean, we we got to mention. I mean, Victor played really well today. Uh, I thought he yeah. showed some explosion. That first drive he had to the rim uh, did not get like a lot of lift, or he wasn't even trying to. But I mean, he uh, was able to kind of snake right through two guys uh, off a really quick burst from the perimeter and get an easy layup. Um, that's not something we've been accustomed to seeing over the last year and a half. So I thought that was a great sign early. Yeah, I was glad to see he was able to get going there, especially, you know, I mean, he was huge coming out of the, out of the half and and uh, getting things rolling in the third quarter, obviously. But, um, you know, he's playing a different game. He's He's got a different game, like you say. The burst just isn't there. You know, that his initial bucket when he went back door and got a nice beat from Domas, I mean, that would have just been a jump and flush dunk with the crowd going crazy a couple of years ago when there was a crowd and when he had that burst. Uh, now it's like, you know, got it off the glass, good bucket, we'll take it. So um, he's going to have, you know, just a little different style of game. Um, but he was definitely, um, you know, getting inside and getting into the space and not having a, having any uh, – um, you know, hesitation, I guess, going into the lane when he needed to. And, you know, I like the, the way his three-point shot looked as well. So, um, really did. I mean, God, if they, if they can get that out of bribing a little deep on Sabonis, uh, that'll help a lot. So, um, it was nice to have, a, have the, those guys have games like that. I mean, everybody really had a great game, uh, except for Warren, who was basically, obviously, um, you know, knocking a lot of rust off and, and just getting back into the game. Um, he, he had a, a nice little stretch for a few minutes there, but but they were leaning on him tonight, and it's just about getting him back in the mix. So it's scary when you think that, you know, essentially he was just out there <laughs> running up and down, getting a run in, and, and they were able to get through, and, and everybody else stepped up. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I, I'm not worried at all about TJ. Um, I'm <laughs> definitely going to be taking note of, you know, how uh, his his injury – potentially affects him throughout the season so far. I mean, it looked right. to me at least like it didn't look like it was impacting him during the game. He just doesn't have his game legs under him yet. Um, obviously working on getting his stamina back. Um, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, and then Malcolm, I thought Malcolm had a great game, obviously passing wise. He was fantastic. He was really good as an individual scorer. Um, I'm still a little bit, I don't, I don't want to say worried because it's one game, but we were also seeing it from preseason too. He's still really struggling finishing at the rim. Um, he got blocked by Alec Burks today. I think he had his shot blocked probably three times. 
Um, and the, the one by Alec Burks was a little bit troubling to me. I mean, part of it is he's, he's really not getting a ton of lift when he's, um, you know, taking these shots at the rim. But at the same time, um, I mean, he was a fantastic at-rim finisher uh, in Milwaukee. And again, part of it's, you know, he's in a different role here. He was more offside actions and off cuts then. But now, um, I mean, he's great at getting to the rim and, and causing defenses to collapse. But um, yeah. just his, his own individual scoring threat hasn't been there. Yeah, I mean, again, he, he was almost at will getting into the lane and getting to that point. But like you say, I mean, he, <laughs> I, I felt like he had more than three of his shots blocked. Yeah. Um, once he got in there, um, and that's fine. But I get, you know, um, I never saw where I felt like he was just going to go up and flush it. You know? Yeah. Which we've seen that before once in a while. Um, I did like, you know, that he was able to get a couple of early, uh, uh, steals and, and going and complete those plays, um, which is good, but it, it Really, I guess it kind of depends on who's guarding him and who's coming over to help um, because he can be in the lane. I mean, he can get in the lane and get to that point. But, man, um, you're right, finishing it, he'd be almost unstoppable in there. So, um, yeah, I don't know if he, if he needs to, you know, just continue to realize he's going to draw the, the blocker and, and, you know, five miles or no miles. Um, you know, trailing behind that blocker, but, um, but yeah, it, it I know you, you had mentioned this in the earlier podcast in the preseason and, um, it, it kind of that same issue popped up because that really is the only, only blemish on his game. Cause I thought he was pretty solid defensively yeah. and, um, you know, and ran things well and, and, um, worked real well with Vic, I thought as well, um, which is nice. So, um, just, yeah, gotta get this, gotta get that finish. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so I guess that brings me to my next point. I mean, you mentioned uh, getting some stuff in, in transition off of steals. What are your thoughts on the ball pressure defense right now? Because I, uh, I have thoughts. I, I want to hear yours first before I give mine. Um, but I, I, I mean, they, they, they didn't really go away from it at all. I was wondering if they would stop doing it after how hard they came out with it in the first quarter. Uh, they really kept it up most of the game. Yeah, I mean, it, it you know, it, again, it's kind of a easy come, easy go on, on some level when, when you're pressuring like that. And and the Knicks were able to take advantage early by hitting yeah. threes, getting guys open. Um, obviously, they weren't able to keep that, that pace up, and that was a big difference in the game. But, and, and you know, and I think that's, part of the you know overall plan on the pressure is that you're going to keep pushing them make them work and later in the game you know you're going to hope to be the more fit team that's um you know able to finish so um you know i guess that's that's you got to look at the hole on some level but (laughs) um speaking of holes i mean you could see getting into a hole early that is going to be, take more energy than you have to come back at some point against the team. Um, if you're, you know, not, not getting the steals or, or um, deflections from that pressure up front and then giving up the uh, easy buckets. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so I, okay. So it's interesting. I think it's a little bit of a double-edged sword. Um, I mean, the team was fantastic forcing turnovers and getting out in transition tonight, but at the same time, I mean, I felt like it really bit them a few times with how aggressive they're being. Uh, They were letting a lot of kind of easy runs to the rim, get through in the lane Um, that I, I, again, I'm not worried about it, but it's more like something uh, is that going to be, are they going to make changes to that throughout the year? Um, because like I mentioned, we didn't really see a ton tonight. Obviously things shifted in the second half, um, when they settled down a little bit more on defense. Um, so we'll see with that, but I'm just, it's something that I'm definitely interested to see how it plays out, especially considering that this team is a team that has a lot of injury concerns, you know? So I, uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, it's just so different from what we're used to seeing last year. Um, and I think something that sticks out too, uh, very much so like the Raptors, the Raptors allowed, uh, close, I believe to the most three point attempts from the corner last year, Pacers are going to be on track to do that. Um, they let up 11, three point attempts from, from the corners tonight, which is quite yeah. a bit. Um, and so, I mean, they've been doing a lot of the screaming closeouts to try and just mitigate that. Uh, Cause it's the shortest distance. So you, you <laughs> technically have the shortest distance to recover. Um, the Knicks didn't shoot that well from, from the corners, So that was fine. I think they, they ended up going four or 10, which is like good, but considering it's the corners, you want them to shoot, be- you would shoot better. Um, that's going to be an interesting trend to follow along with. Um, one of the things that I like though, uh, that we would see happen a lot last year is you have, um, you know, Domas is on the, on the weak side or on the back end of, of a lot of, um, a lot of defensive sets. Um, so, you know, the offense will be running. So I mean, he'll be on the weak side rotating over as a low man, which isn't always effective because he's not, um, I mean, he's fine playing as a low man, but in terms of like not having that verticality, like, uh, Vic's mm-hmm. a better low man, you know, cause he can rise up. He can, uh, he's great. He drew like two or three charges tonight. He's been doing that all preseason too. Um, but by having Sabonis up pressuring the ball, they're getting uh, miles to really be the backline guy a lot more um, or just having somebody who's better at rotating as low man. So that's been interesting, interesting too. And I've liked that. Um, I don't know if that really stood out to you at all though. Yeah. Well, the other thing that kind of set me, is that I might want to go place a futures bet on, on Miles winning the uh, block shot title this year. Yes. He's going to have plenty of opportunities. That's the other thing, you know. Um, and, I mean, obviously, at eight to nine was was showing off his value. I've heard a lot of podcasts this week about how, uh, you know, Turner's value was, was really diminished by executives around the league. But I have to say uh, he, he flashed it tonight in, in the role he played. And, and um, if he's going to be the last man at the hoop, um, he's not going to get them all, but he's going to get a few a game, I would imagine. Yeah, and that's a great transition. I mean, Miles looked very good tonight. Um, yeah. We can talk defense first. We'll get to the offense in a minute. But I thought defensively he looked uh, – I mean, I, I don't think he ever took a step back last year. Uh, he's just in a different role, you know, obviously not being the lone center out there. But, um, I mean, he looked good. Again, he yeah. almost finished how, – how, how 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 much were you expecting to ever say that uh, Miles Turner almost finished with a triple double? Right now it was <laughs> ten eight and, and eight really, with the final stat line. I mean, I, yeah, I would probably think maybe more <laughs> the ten blocks and ten rebounds. Uh, but I was happy with the way he was rebounding, especially in the second half. Yeah, um, and he's he does a great job of getting the ball and getting it to a guard quickly. Yes. Um, sometimes it frightens me how quickly he tried to do it. <laughs> yes, yeah, sometimes uh, a little too quick. I th- there was a, was, 
uh, no, it might have been Domas who had the turnover right out of uh, uh, right <laughs> off a rebound. But yeah, I agree. Sometimes a little quick, but yeah, no, he, he was good with that. Yeah, but you know, Adams is good after the you know the off season, and and you know he's he's been uh, ripped on in, in a bunch of different ways. Um, you know, sometimes unintentionally, but sometimes intentionally, and and um, you know, I thought he played pretty well. Sabon, I mean, it's just a different feel out there for everybody, yeah. um, and he he seemed to really really thrive tonight, and and had the right energy to to um, you know know that he was going to be around the rim, and and that's his job, and and um, you know he took four threes. That's great. He didn't make any. I mean, add him to the list of. McDermott missed six, you know, Holiday missed, Aaron missed three, and Justin missed four. I mean, the guys you want shooting the ball weren't hitting tonight. They're going to be hitting the shot, especially as they get more comfortable in the regular season here and and know they're going to be getting their shots. So um, I, I felt like his energy and, and his um, approach was, was great tonight. And now, again, this is something year over year, can he bring that consistently? Can he have, you know, not have those games where we're wondering where he is and, and um, you know, maybe he'll get a couple block shots, but he's not getting the rebounds. He's not as energetic as he showed out tonight. So he played, what, 29 minutes, which is about his average, Yeah. Um, you know, has been last year. So, um, I, you know, he's got to be happy with the role he played tonight. So we'll see going forward. Um, if he can consistently bring that and, and maintain that strong role. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And it, you know, one thing that, uh, that stood out, you know, there was a uh, one or two moments where he did hesitate and not take a shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, he drove to the rim, ended up passing out. Um, but I felt like we saw fewer of those than we're accustomed to seeing. I mean, there were a couple yeah. of threes, most of them, he was wide open. There was like one where he got closed out pretty hard on. Um, but I mean, he was gunning them right away, which was obviously, you know, that's that's a win to start with. Uh, but I, what I really liked was him trailing on drives. Um, mm-hmm. We're so used to him, top, you know, popping out to like the free throw line or 16 feet out. But he had a, a putback. His one offensive rebound was a putback off of a missed uh, layup attempt. And then the, uh, he had another where he was just falling. The tra- he was the trail man, ended up getting the dump off pass and, and had the easy bucket. So. I liked that a lot, just getting Miles easy points to keep him going. And then he also yeah. had the the play that stuck out to me the most, not even – I mean, the block shots were incredible. But um, the play that stood out to me the most, he had uh, – gosh, I think it was – I have to go back through my notes. I took like four pages of notes, so I'll probably have to edit <laughs> this part out. But, um, no, he had this one play where he got the ball. It was like uh, on the upper side of the court, so like on the right side. Um, he was probably, you know, eight feet out um, and – he just made a really quick decision, kind of pump faked, took a shot off his back foot and it went right in. And it was oh, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Yes, really simple thing. Like, I, one of the first things I thought with that, because it was not something designed to go to him, um, I was like, last year, that's probably a turnover because he thinks, okay, I have to reverse it or I have to get it to somebody else and um, makes a bad pass. But, no, instead he, he took the shot, and I really liked that. Um, yeah. So I thought that stood out to me as well. And I see him that little touch in his bag is – really uh you know like you say you could that that threat being that threat you know is big it puts more pressure on that defense so um yeah that was a great play yeah definitely um 
So I think the last thing I want to hit on though, what did you think about Aaron holiday today? Um, I, I know his stat, his final stat line was like, fine. You know, he didn't shoot super well from the field, but again, right. kind of limited shots. Like if he hits one more, so we're talking differently. Um, I thought he played good. I liked his defense. He was a little over aggressive at times, but I've also thought one of some of the fouls were ticky tack. Um, but I, I liked him. I liked to, how he played in his role. I thought it was interesting that TJ McConnell ended up with more minutes than him. Um, which I think part of that's just, you know, we're seeing that final lineup go and, and Nate Bjorker just want to see them more. Um, but what were your thoughts on Aaron today? Yeah, I thought he, he was great. And and he's a guy who, um, you know, may end up having a little bit more of an impact with this pressure defense because he can, yeah. you know, get out there. Obviously, he, he <laughs> wants to blow by. But, uh, uh, but I think, you know, like you say, I have a feeling – uh, his minutes and McConnell's minutes will kind of fluctuate depending upon who's got what going in a certain game, you know. And and today, um, you know, McConnell when he was when he was spearheading the death lineup, um, you know, he wasn't going to come out. You're going to pioneer the death lineup on game <laughs> one. Oh wow! Uh, so uh, you know, he couldn't take him out big. You know, he was playing too well. So, um, but but yeah, I, I think Holiday will end up having a, a bigger role and and um obviously he wasn't wasn't shooting it like he can although you know a couple of his misses went bad you know um i, I felt the same with miles a couple of his misses when they're, when they're in and out i'm like that's that's good that's a great shot so um uh but but overall i think uh uh you know holiday's gonna have that role coming in bringing energy and hopefully bring in a scoring boost to that reserve group. Um, so, you know, we survived, you know, this first game with nobody really providing that big scoring boost. Um, other than Vic getting us going in the third quarter and then Domas just being a beast. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, overall, I think uh, just my biggest takeaway is that we saw a lot of positives from everyone. Um, and there's not really a huge negative detractor that I could take out of this. Um and I'm just excited for the season, Tom. We have a lot to look forward to. Yeah. Um, so before we uh, before we hit the next kind of, you know, talking, closing out, um, what are you looking forward to uh, for the Bulls game? Is there anything that's sticking out that, that you want to see happen in the next game or um, that you're kind of keeping note of before, uh, you know, headed into the weekend and the slate of games we got coming up? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I thought the Bulls were going to be going to be a little bit like I still Knicks. think they'll be better this year yeah, I, I, I yeah I mean I know they're young but you know I, I, I you know I think highly of, of Donovan so um we'll see if, if they can pull together and honestly the Pacers are probably going to catch them at the worst time coming off an embarrassing opener <clears throat> excuse me but um but I'm just looking forward to seeing you know game two and what is different? Um, I, I like a lot of the um, different lamps we saw and the way they ran things and and the approach you guys took, a lot of the ball movement. Um, obviously, you know, freed up some bonus to um, get off early and, and, you know, he kept things rolling in the first half, but then everybody got into it. I felt like, you know, maybe there was a little bit of a first game jitter tentativeness with yeah. the group, um, and once they got going and realized, okay, we are going to win this game, things loosened up, and, and hopefully they'll come into this second game now. They got that first win. 
They got Bjorker in his first win. Um, now they'll be uh, a little more confident. They can just keep building on it. Um, but I'm also looking forward to seeing if there are any adjustments or anything different, um, you know, going into game two. And I guess I'm looking for some unpredictability and, and different disruptive things that Bjorkman likes to talk about. So um, that's that's a great thing right now with this team. It's like game to game. Um, I feel like we're going to be learning stuff. Exactly. Let's get a little weird. You know, let's see what happens. Like the, there's a lot, a lot to experiment <laughs> Absolutely. with. Absolutely, that's what I'm looking forward to. Like, I just want to see new lineups. You know, seeing that was my favorite part of the game today. Just seeing that lineup close the oh, fourth, yeah. seeing a new lineup we hadn't seen play before, and it worked. You mean the I, I just want to see funky stuff lineup? like that. Yeah, yes. The t- I, yeah, I'm never gonna let you live this down, Tom. I hope you know that. Um, but yes, the death lineup. I like and I, that. I'm, I'm yeah. hoping maybe we'll see another death lineup next game. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Tom, before we get out of here, what are you – obviously, I mean, tomorrow is Christmas Eve. Um, what are you looking forward to for Christmas? What's going to be the best part of Christmas or any any special plans you have for the day? Well, uh, family, we're kind of quarantined down here, so um, it's just going to be a nice, quiet family day as it has been for <laughs> I don't know how many months now. No, but um, – uh, also looking forward to all the NBA action, even though the Pacers won't be playing. Um, plenty of gambling opportunities, which mm. is always goes well at Christmas. Uh, by the way, I got to say, Malcolm Brogdon, that last three he threw in, uh, it brought me out of my chair. That's all I'm going to say. I needed that three. Uh, so anyways. <laughs> um, it's the first game and you're already putting bets down. Oh, <laughs> hey, it was just a little, you know, in-game yeah. parlay. I knew he was going to have a good game. I thought he might make a couple threes. So. Uh, but anyways, um, I digress. But, yes, I'm you know looking forward to Christmas as usual, celebrating with the family. I hope everybody in Pacerville has a great Christmas as well. And as usual, we'll be watching other NBA teams play. Um, but it should be uh, – a uh, great day to do. It's going to be really cold here in Indy on Christmas. So um, it'll be a good day to sit inside and stay warm and watch some ball. I totally agree. I cannot wait. To, I'm kind of excited that there aren't any games tomorrow. So we can just take a minute to chill and uh, <laughs> hang out. I have a lot of college games I want to catch up on. I've been doing, I've already done more draft work in the last three weeks nice. than I did uh, all this last year. So I'll, I'll have a lot of stuff coming out in Indy Cornrows for that. And, uh, doing some work on the pod too, which I'm looking forward to, but yeah, we have a uh, man. This is going to be a good season, Tom. I'm excited for it. Um, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to everyone listening or just, you know, whatever you're doing with your family, friends, um, whether or not you're celebrating Christmas, I hope you have an awesome day. Uh, and of course, thank you for listening. We're really excited to kick off uh, my second season on the show. This is going to be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, have a good rest of your day and thank you for listening.